Yo, 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 yo! Welcome to episode number 66 of the Basketball Card Podcast. I'm your host, Adam. You can reach me on Instagram at TheReal27Guy. Welcome again, guys, and uh, I must begin this podcast um, unceremoniously with an apology. I feel bad. It's been a long time since I've done one of these podcasts. Okay, I don't feel too bad. I definitely spend enough time with cards. <laughs> I should probably spend less time with cards. I should spend more time doing other productive things. But it's been hard for me to get around to doing uh, an episode of the podcast. It's always sort of on my mind. Sorry that it has taken as long as it has, but I'm glad to be back. And I think I've got a good episode for you guys today. I think I'm going to call this episode um, something like... Um, Losing out on a unicorn. Oh gosh, I don't know. I, 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 I've misplaced my notes. So strike that part from the record. I'm not going to go back and delete it because I never do that stuff. But it's it's going to be a cool, it's going to be a really cool name of the podcast. Okay, let's just go with that. It's going to be a really cool name for the podcast. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I've got a good, I've got a good uh, episode for you guys today. But before we begin... Um, let me first uh, do a couple of shout-outs. First shout-out I want to give is to my friend Jeremy Lee. Um, Jeremy Lee, Lee runs a YouTube show called Sports Cards Live. And um, I have joined him monthly for the PWCC Premier Auction um, for I don't even know how many months now. I don't, I don't know. It's probably been, gosh, probably eight or nine months at this point. And every month we do it, it is so much fun. It's literally one of my favorite nights of the month. We talk about all of the amazing cards they have uh, ending, and we did that last Saturday. And what he what he also does as part of his, his podcast is he records that and then loads it up after the fact. Now, I'm not going to lie. It is super long. It's like three and a half hours long. But if you want to hear two guys that are just total nerds, at least I am, Jeremy's not, Jeremy's cool, but if you want to just hear us really like geek and nerd out on, you know, the big cards that we're up and talk about why we like them, why we don't like them in some cases, um, it's pretty awesome, seriously, and and I think, I think that you'll enjoy that, so if you're a podcast person, I'd recommend you do that, and um, thank Jeremy for giving me the chance to be on a show with him, but also... You know, thank PWCC. Uh, PWCC, as I think a lot of you know, is one of the main sponsors of Basketball Card Fanatic magazine, um, which uh, is something that I'm really grateful for. Because without them and our other sponsors, we wouldn't be able to continue to do all the great things that we're doing with the magazine. So, want to thank want to thank them uh, and thank them for also uh, enabling me to be able to be on their show or to be on the 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 Sports Cards Live Show with Jeremy. All right. Um, other shout out I want to give is uh, for Basketball Card Fanatic Magazine. Um, issue 19, the deadline to order it is this Sunday. If you want to get the hard copy, at this point, very few people are just getting the digital, if I'm being honest. Almost everybody wants the, the print copy because it's just really cool, guys. It's cool to get a print copy magazine in the mail. That you can sit and read. It's really nice. It's super glossy. It is well written. It is extremely well designed. You will find it interesting. You will find it fun. You might even put it out on your coffee table or out on your desk at work or something like that. It is awesome. And uh, this this month's issue uh, is going to be 36 pages of basketball card content. With a big interview with Ryan Johnson. You know him as Card Collector 2 on Instagram. Um, over the last few months, we've done inter- interviews with Michael Coleman, Coleman Cards, Ross Berman, the Donovan Mitchell Collector, and uh, Josh Luber, um, who is heading up Fanatics and the sports cards, uh, the, the empire that, that, they're, that they're creating there. Really good stuff we've had over these last few issues. I feel like we've really hit our stride. The magazine's growing, guys. It's growing in popularity and in subscribership, and uh, it's awesome. Like, there's people who want to write for us, and we have to say no. So it's very cool. Um, it's very, very cool. 
Again, 36 pages of basketball card content. What are you waiting for? Subscribe today at bcfmag.com, bcfmag.com. That's BCF for basketball card fanatic, mag.com. It's lowest 10 bucks a month, or uh, if you want to get the print copy, it's like 12 bucks a month. So go grab that. Okay, so number one thing I want to talk to you guys about today. I had a tremendous heartbreaker. Um, I had <laughs> one of the biggest cards. It would have been easily the most expensive card I've ever paid, I've ever I've ever bought. Um, that I was after for months. I'm not going to tell you guys what the card was because um, you would be able to figure out what card or you know who who ended up with it. And I don't know that the seller wants wants to know you know wants this this whole or not the seller but the um, there are other people who, who wouldn't want who, who wouldn't want this this story out there necessarily and and I can't blame them I also can't blame them because they didn't do anything wrong so so let me tell you this story I had a card um, sent to me via um, an image of this card sent to me via my my Instagram page. About six, maybe eight months ago, and as soon as I saw it, my jaw dropped. I'll tell you why. It was the number one card on my list. We all have a list, a list of like, a, that's the card that I want. This was the number one card in my collection that I wanted. And not only that, this was the jersey numbered version of the number one card on my list. So I get this I get this message on Instagram and I am like, holy crap, what do I have to do to get this card? Well the image was taken from a YouTube video. So I had to go back, find the YouTube video, find the YouTube video, and the guy who posted the YouTube video um, was not the guy who owned the card. So I got in contact with the guy who posted the YouTube video, who gave me the contact information of the guy who owned the card and I texted the guy guy didn't respond texted him again he didn't respond texted him again he didn't respond texted this guy four or five times he didn't respond finally I went back to the guy who who posted the video and I said is this guy is there any chance he's gonna message me and the guy who posted the video said listen I know he's really hard to get a hold of I would just keep trying so I tried and I tried and I tried finally guy responds to me He's had this card for a long time, many, many, many years. And he's trying to figure out what to do with it, but I know he is somewhat interested in selling it. So I make him an offer, a big offer. Again, more than I've ever paid for any card before. And he's like, that is a lot of money. I'm grateful for the, for the good offer. Let me think about it. Doesn't get back to me. I message him, message him, message him. Anyway, he, he doesn't, he's not somebody who is... Who was who was good at answering messages and um, took a lot to to get him to respond, but he seemed somewhat interested. He told me he would not sell it to somebody else, so I didn't feel like he had anything else going on with anybody else. I was excited that I had the chance at it, and every couple of days I'd send him another text. And then out of the blue, a couple of weeks ago, after I had made him a very significant offer the week before, he messaged me and he says, "You know what?" I don't know if I'm going to be able to sell this to you or not, but if you want, you can have the card for, and he gave me a number. I looked at that number and I went, that is so much money, but I could not fathom letting the card go. It was in the realm of what I thought it should be, and so I agreed to take the card. I could not have been more excited. I started figuring out which cards I was going to need to sell on PWCC to um, to get the cash that I needed. Um, I started, you know, like going through and like identifying all of those. And as I was identifying them, I, you know, I kind of got to the point where I was like, "Man, this is going to be hard to pay for," but I know I know how how to do it. So I got to the point where I knew what I was going to do. So that was on Saturday that we agreed. Then there was a Sunday, and then Monday came. And Monday, I was talking to a friend. This friend um, noticed that I had said something on my um, Instagram about uh, 
acquiring a card or potentially acquiring a card that was going to be one of the biggest cards of my life. And he asked me what the card was. He asked, and I, I didn't want to tell him, but then he asked me who the, who the athlete was, and I told him. And then he said, is it, and he referenced the card. And I went, oh dear, what's going on here? Well, what happened, and and there's, there's lots of details here, and I could take you through all of them, but basically what you need to know is, before the seller messaged me and said, hey Adam, would you be willing to do X? He had already agreed to sell the card to my friend. I had no idea that my friend was talking to the seller. No clue. And, um, you know, and he had no idea that the seller was talking to me. But it just so happened that after, you know, after the sales both had gone down, um, or he had, he had agreed to both, we communicated with each other. I had already started figuring out how to get, um, like I said, funds from PWCC, but I had already started the ball rolling on getting a loan from PWCC to pay for it in the meantime while I sold the other stuff. So it was really just a bad situation all around. My friend had sent somebody um, to go get the card from the seller. My friend had also been moving things and trying to figure out how he could get the funds to get the card. And so, you know, then my friend sent me a whole bunch of screenshots of, of the seller agreeing to sell the card. And I just looked at it and I was like, what do I do with this? So between me and my, um, and my friend, we'd both really, you know, we'd both been agreed to. We'd both been told, you can have this card for X number of dollars. But I didn't feel okay about it even though I was the person who offered more, um, again, because the seller had asked, had required, had required that of me, um, I, I didn't feel great about it because he had already accepted the offer from my friend. And so I uh, went back to my friend and said, this is really hard. I am really sad. <laughs> but... I am, um, I'm going to let you go get the card. And because I was willing to do that, my friend actually sent me a very generous and kind card to um, gift, which was a card um, that I will, I haven't decided what I'm going to do with it yet, but it definitely fits within my collection and it is something that will... Um, probably serve in my collection as a long time as a reminder of, of a lot of different things and a lot of different lessons. Um, but um, my friend posted the card. He has it. It is in his collection now. I am both happy for him and super jealous. And I will admit, I do still feel like, I just feel like it was so bad how it all went down. And so... I felt snake bit for a couple of weeks. I did. I felt bad. I felt snake bit. It was it was not a great feeling. Um, left out some of the details, but the main thing that you guys got to know is that I had a deal in place to acquire like a card that would have been. I mean, it it wouldn't have been my best card in my collection, but it would have been a top five card in my collection, and um, I'm bummed. I'm super bummed, but again, I'm sort of kind of getting past it, but I wanted to share the story just because I think it serves as a reminder that sometimes, sometimes really good deals are hard to find, like, like really good, crisp, you know, people who are willing to like be honest and talk back and forth to each other in a way that is like appropriate and, and, um, clear and again, honest, <laughs> Sometimes those good types of deals where you come together and everything works out right, they're kind of rare. And sometimes things can go badly. Things could have gone more badly, right? Um, things weren't super smooth for the my friend who, who bought the card too because, of course, you know, this, this um, seller, he backed out. And then, you know, he wanted, he was, he went back to my friend and he said, hey, actually, would you do, would you do more? Um, I, it's, it's all, 
you know, it was it was bad. But um, hopefully you guys can empathize with that, and hopefully it makes you think of something something wrong that happened to you that that you've gotten over, and and serves as a reminder of those types of things. So that is the story of the unicorn that I lost. And now let's talk about um, let's talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> so um, I think, like I said, we're going to call this episode um, something funny like the lost unicorn and the wizard or <laughs> the lost unicorn, Harry Potter and other adventures or something like that, just to make it um, just to make it sound as as sci-fi as, as it can or whatever whatever classification you want to give the movie and and, uh, and unicorns. So, um, how do I talk about Harry Potter? I've got these notes in front of me. I should probably like reference them a little bit. So when I think about, let's, let's talk about Harry Potter. Okay. This is a basketball card podcast. All I ever talk about is basketball cards. We're 66 uh, episodes in and all I've ever talked about is basketball cards. And I'm going to break tradition today to talk about not another sport, but Harry Potter cards. Let me begin with this. Um, Yamwax, the great Yamwax on Instagram, posted something about Harry Potter cards, and I was like, oh, I didn't know those existed. That's cool. And this is like back in January. Today's February 24th. So we're talking like six weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> My life has changed in the last six weeks. Um, he posts this this thing, and, and then I ask him a couple of questions, and then I just go down a rabbit hole. Um, I had several nights in a row of researching Harry Potter art box autographs where I could not go to sleep. I'd like lay in bed and just look at the ceiling and think about these cards. And I will tell you why. It is because... It is because the best buys are when your head and your heart align. Um, so many things that I have watched really blow up in the market, um, have had zero interest to me. I'm talking about F1 cards and soccer cards and Pokemon cards and all of these things that are just like of zero use to me. I just do not care about them. Right. Um, I care about basketball. Like that's why I collect basketball. I don't collect baseball. I, I did vintage baseball a long time ago, but I stopped doing that because I don't. It didn't matter to me really that much. There's some things about all vintage cards that I kind of like, but but not really, right? Like I love the sport of basketball. I also love Harry Potter, guys. Like I am, I am a massive Harry Potter fan. I've read the books to my kids um, all the way through once um, a few few years back, and then we read a couple of other books, a few other books together, and then we started Harry Potter again. We're almost done with number five, um, and um, so we're going through it a second time. We took them to Harry Potter World in between that. Um, I didn't read them when they first came out, though. I actually experienced them after I got married. My wife and I went to the sixth movie, and um, I'd, I had previously seen the first two movies. I didn't didn't think very much of them. I thought they were kind of kind of like movies for kids. And I didn't watch any of the other ones. And then you know she and I went to the to the sixth one for whatever reason. We went to the movie theater and we watched it. And we both really liked it. So we went back and we watched all of the movies again leading up to sixth. And then we watched six again. And then we went back back and we watched them again. Anyway, we watched the movies before we read the books. And then we read the books. And then now I've read the books to my kids. And, and it's become like a really big, important part of our lives. And the thing that I've realized is that, that there are a lot of people like us that really love Harry Potter. They just love it. Um, they read to their kids and just like we do. And they've got, you know, Harry Potter parties. And they've got, you know, it's not just like Halloween costumes and stuff. It's like something that like is a part of their life. People know what house they're in. People, people obsess over Harry Potter, like in a way that is different than, I think, just about anything anything else. I think Star Wars has some of the same attributes. 
the thing that Star Wars lacks, obviously, is this, you know, is the, the book side of it that is so all-consuming. And so, you know, Harry Potter is, it's just a big deal. <laughs> it's just something that has been around for a long time and feels to me like it's going to continue to be around for a really long time. So, like I said, the best buys are when something, when, when things, when your head and your heart align. So as I discovered these cards and I started looking, looking through them, I thought, oh, these are kind of cool. Um, you know, I thought that they were pretty good looking. Um, I'll get, I'll get into more, more into that later. But, um, and I thought, oh, there's a lot of cool people in here who have signed these cards. There's a million characters in Harry Potter, which provides for a lot of different autograph opportunities. And they also have, you know, prop cards and costume cards and things like that. But the heart part of the, of the equation is, is obvious, right? You can, you can hear it in my voice. Like I love Harry Potter. It's not, you know, I, like I'm not, I'm not trying to like um, hide that. I know that's kind of like a, a nerdy or a geeky thing is, you know, for, for a grown up person to just be like, I love Harry Potter, but I do. So, so the heart part of that's taken care of, the heart part of the equation is taken care of. The head part of the equation was, was the thing that I spent, you know, hours considering. This is what I learned um, about the series that was, uh, that was interesting. Um, or not the series, but the but the, the series of cards. So the company that made all these autograph cards and all these these very popular sets is called Artbox. I had never heard of Artbox. Part of that probably is because Artbox has gone out of business since then. But when the third movie, which is called The Prisoner of Azkaban, when that movie came out, Artbox was able to get the rights exclusive rights to make Harry Potter cards and um, and did so from that point forward so they made they made cards for each of the movies and in the process they actually went back and then they made um, cards for the first couple of movies but they made those cards after they made the ones for prisoner of Azkaban and 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 I think maybe even the goblet of fire I don't know the exact um, order at this point, but but go with me on this. So, so they they made you know they made uh, at least a set for every movie. In fact, they made seventeen sets total across something like six years of cards. They made um, two two sets, so two sets for each or two products, I should say, for four of the movies. And they made one set for four of the movies. There are eight movies total. And then there are five other sort of like random sets that like, that have specific themes. Like they're called, one of them is called 3D. There's actually, I think there's two 3D sets where there are cards that come in the in the product that are, are, are like, um, kind of like the old sport flicks cards. They kind of can move a little bit. So those are called 3D. And then there's a couple of sets called memorable moments that highlight some of the some of the important moments throughout the series. Um, and then there's there's one more besides besides each of those. And so um, you know you end up with 17 total sets. Um, and across these 17 sets, there's a ton there's a ton of like different movie props and things that they cut up and they put into the cards and they serial number them and stuff. But those aren't those are very popular, but those aren't like what I'm most interested in. What I'm most interested in is the autographs. So starting with the very first set, which was the Prisoner of Azkaban, they inserted autographs, in some cases autograph redemptions, into the product. And each of the each of the products has around three or four thousand autographs total across all of the boxes or all the cases. In some cases, you're getting an autograph, like two per box. In some cases, you're not getting an autograph, but like one in every five boxes. So you have to look at each of them. But the bottom line is that across all 17 sets, you end up with like 50,000 total autographs from like over 100 characters. It might even, I didn't look too closely at the list, but it might have been even like 150 characters. It's a lot of different characters that are signing these cards. 
And when if you've watched the movies, you like it makes sense, right? There's a ton of different people who are who are who are in it. But as I looked at it, the the thing that was most interest, interesting to me was that Harry or Daniel Radcliffe has ten autographs across all those seventeen sets. Um, and because and this is where this is where like it's super interesting to me. Sorry, let me let me um. Let me like go on a quick tangent here real quick. One of the fun things about being in basketball cards 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I mean, I've been I've been in basketball cards for 30 years, right? But like being in basketball cards early, one of the things that was really fun about that is like there's a lot of detective work. There's a lot of unknowns. You can actually do research that changes how, you know, you think about a product, for example. And what's fun about the Harry Potter stuff is a lot of this stuff is kind of unknown or was known a long time ago and has kind of been lost. And so if you go into the Internet Archives, um, I think it's called archi- Internet Archive.org, there is a, um, you can access some of the old um, message boards from that time. And what's really cool is there's a guy named Jeff Allender, I think is how you pronounce it, and he has a whole bunch. He has a website that has like all of these non-sports checklists. When he was, you know, 15, 16 years ago, uh, 18 years ago, even he was he was compiling data from known case breaks, and in some cases he was he was compiling like 10 to 15 percent of the total number of cases that were that were issued. In the case of Harry Potter, by the way, the boxes are serial numbered, so you could actually know this this sort of thing. You could know how many boxes there were, you could know, you know, how many were opened um, by who was posting them online and stuff. And so a lot of this work has been done where even though the autographs aren't serial numbered, this guy has been able to go back his, at the time was able to figure out roughly how many autographs of each card existed. It's not perfect because again they're not serial numbered and it's not perfect because um, you know he's not looking at every single autograph and it's some and in some cases autographs as we know all too well from the sports card world, cards can be left at the manufacturer and then distributed later. Right. So it's not a, this is not a perfect um, way to do this, but it's pretty good, and um, it gives us a really good idea of like how many how many total autographs there are. Well, I haven't gone through and actually figured out if you ag- if you aggregate them all across seventeen sets, but but I believe based on the ones that I have looked at that there's an average of three to four thousand ish autographs per product, and so you end up with something around fifty or sixty thousand autographs across all 17 products. And um, and you also end up with like really clear numbers for the for the big stars, right? So Harry Potter or Daniel Radcliffe, that's right, that's where I was. Um, Harry Potter or Daniel Radcliffe has 10 different autograph cards. Three of them are dual autographs and one of them is a triple autograph. And then the other ones are all single autographs. And across those 10 cards, there's a population or a print run of about 900 to 1,100. So that's that's total. That's not for one card. That is total number of autographs. Hermione, or Emma Watson, has nine autographs and probably around 750. Conservatively, I'd say 750 to 900. And Ron, or Rupert Grint, has nine autographs and maybe a little bit more than Emma Watson, somewhere between 900 and 1,000 autographs. So, you know, these these guys that are like like the definition of iconic in terms of, um, especially in the UK, I, I lived in the UK when the, when the Harry Potter, when Harry Potter 2 came out, I was in London and there were like, these giant faces of these three across the across the double decker buses everywhere I looked. It's pretty cool. Um, those those numbers are really small, right? And I'm a rare I'm a rare basketball card collector. 
is I look at those cards, and as I look at the number of sets, I kind of look at it like each of the sets, or each of the combination of sets from the movies, kind of serve as like a season. You can see the kids grow up through the sets, and you can see, um, you know, you can see the different characters that are in some movies but not in others. For example, the actor who plays Professor Lockhart is only in the second movie. And again, after they made the, the set for the third movie, they went back and they made the first and the second one again. So Professor Lockhart has an autograph that's just in the second movie's set. And I think that's really cool. If you wanted to go back and like own something from each of these actors or each of these characters who... You know, may be meaningful to you as a fan of the series, like this is how you can do it. And and in a lot of cases, you're getting a card that there's only a couple hundred of. I'll give you another example. I actually have it here in front of me right now. Um, The actress who plays um, Molly Weasley, or, or the mother character, really, of the Harry Potters, her name is Julie Walters, she signed one card, one, across all of these 17 sets. And this is pretty common that there's like, you know, like there's a lot of people who were like this that only signed one or two cards. Her card was listed as ultra rare. um, And it was, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but I think it was believed that she signed basically like 100 to 150 cards total. Um, It's it's cool. I mean, I didn't ever envision that I would be collecting cards of, you know, middle-aged women. (laughs) But, but, um, but it's that's not you know that's that was a stupid thing for me to say i shouldn't have said that she's a really cool character in the movies and maybe even a cooler character in the books and she has one autograph card she has one big time harry potter card and on the front you get an image of her on the back you get an image it's got a really cool spot for the autograph it's really clean all of the autographs are awesome because you know they didn't have these guys signed so much um like we see today Almost all of the autographs are like either legible or like you look at and you go, oh, that's really cool. Her autograph's just straight up legible. She even put like a little check mark on the inside of the of the J, which is clearly like um, something she intentionally did. Um, so, and then on the back of the card it says, "Congratulations, you have just received an authentic limited edition autograph card that has been personally signed." by Julia Walters, who played the role of Molly Weasley in the film Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. So, um, and then on the back left it says, Trademark Warner Brothers Entertainment, Inc. And then the bottom right it says, Art Box. And then it has the big Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince um, logo on both the front and the back. It's just a really nice card. And like I say, you know, she's, she only signed once. So, and there's, there's, there's lots of people like that, right? So, um, that the, the, I just want to, I want to highlight too, again, the autographs are really like, they're really nice. They're not short. Most of them aren't shorthand. I've got a couple others here too that are right in front of me. I want to make sure that I'm, that they're all as nice as hers. I thought I had them in front of me. Now I can't find them. This is not good podcasting right here, guys. This is not good podcasting. Oh, there we go. So I've got... Oh, shoot. I need to stop moving stuff around so much. I have only one of them in front of me. And that is um, an actor who passed away. The actor who plays Fenrir Greyback. And you cannot read his autograph in any way. But, like, it's super... um, it's super detailed. Oh, Dave Le- Dave Legano? I can see... Yeah, actually, I can kind of read it. Um, each letter is spelled out. It's super cool. Anyway, um, it, it's, uh, it's just really cool to, like... It, they're just really cool sets. And it's cool to be, like, learning about something new like this. I told a friend that I was doing it, and he said he he said he was actually doing something new as well. Um, and he was like, "It's just nice to like really dive deep into something that you didn't know about before." And I think he's right. Like, I'm I'm really enjoying it. 
one of the notes that I wrote here that I want to say is the cards are really nice, um, but they're not flawless, right? They're not noir. They're not immaculate. <laughs> they're not national treasures. It's This was a different time of collecting. Um, it's more like an autographics card than it is like one of those more, you know, more of those more modern cards. So here was my strategy. As I'm like, as, as I was, you know, looking at all of them and convinced based on both their rarity and based on how cool they are and, again, the cultural significance of Harry Potter, I just, like, looked at all of them and I saw everything else that has sort of blown up around sports cards and I thought, I just think that as the next five, ten years goes by and as Harry Potter, you know, reaches that 20 years, 25 years since the movies um, came out or started coming out, I just think that these are going to be really popular. I do. And so I looked at them and I was like, how do I, how do I get, like this is what I was thinking that night that I couldn't go to bed. I was like, how can I acquire X number of dollars worth of this stuff over the course of the next six months? And, um, you know, that's easier said than done because there's not that much stuff out there to buy. It's not like basketball cards, right? You could spend millions of dollars in basketball cards, really, you could, without blinking an eye. It's hard to do that in, in Harry Potter. It just, there's not enough stuff that exists out there. There's not, there's been like less than five um, open auctions of significant characters in the last, in the last five months. Um, most of them came from a single seller. Sometimes you know there's buy nows and, and things like that, but it's but it's it's tough. So you know what was how could I how could I add as much as I could as quickly as I could? So what I did is I got on eBay, tried to figure out what prices prices were, but I wasn't super sensitive to pricing because I again I think that it's I, I think that they're all really undervalued right now, and so I went out to buy as many as I could, um, as quickly as I could without, without affecting the market. So I just made offers like crazy. And in the process of making some of these offers, I bought first, the first card that I bought was, um, um, an Emma Watson, um, her very first uh, autograph out of our box. The very first set that they made was, was the prisoner of Azkaban. And like I, you know, you know, some of you guys might know, like I collected 2012 um, Prism cards largely because Prism was the very first, the 2012 Prism was the very first Prism set. And firsts have real, like, significance. And so I, I looked at this the exact same way. I was like, well, Prisoner of Azkaban was the first movie that they did. I want to find the best autographs from that. And so Emma Watson was clear, by far, the, the best autograph that came out of that product. So I found hers, and then the other one that came out of that was Sirius Black. So I found, I found his, uh, Gary Oldman. And after I found both of those, I started looking at, okay, what are the other rare cards that I wanted to get? And that's when I got the Julie Walters because I realized that she only had one autograph and I you know, saw that it was a really rare one. And so I found that card. And then I, found, I looked for cards of people who had passed away. So that's why I bought the one of the actor who played Fenrir Greyback. And I started looking at some of these other things. And in the process of doing all this stuff, I was making connections like crazy. I need to also add here that the number one Harry Potter card, by far and away, by far and away, it's not from the very first set, but from the second one, the Prisoner of Azkaban update, the triple autograph with Harry Potter, Ron Weasley, and Hermione Granger. Um, I go back and forth between saying the characters' names and the actors' names, but you get you get the point. It's not serial numbered, but it's believed to be about 100 or less that are, that are in existence, and I have done everything to be able to get one of these cards. I have located six of them. I cannot find none of them. None of the people even want me to give give them a price. I've offered far, far more than they have ever sold than one of those has ever sold for. I have not been able to get somebody to sell me the card, but I'm going to keep trying, and hopefully, I can get it at some point. Um, I feel like my offers have been strong, um, but I don't think that the people who I've been making offers to have really had any interest in actually selling the card, mostly because they've told me that. Some of them have said things like, that is way more than I thought that you should offer, um, but people are unwilling to sell the card because they, they really like the card. So, you know, I got as many of them as I could as quickly as I could, but that's the one card that I haven't, um, you know, that I haven't been able to locate. Um, 
I did get the Sirius. I did get the Hermione. And then um, you know, I also bought, um, last week I bought uh, the very first Harry from the 20, 2004 Prisoner of Azkaban update in a PSA 8 with a 10 auto. That was on eBay, and that person listed it at fifteen grand. But then when I offered five, they countered at nine. Sometimes this happens on eBay where somebody lists something way too high, and you're like, well, I'm not willing to pay that, but I'm still just going to make this low offer and see what happens. Low compared to what their buy now is. So they were asking 15, I offered five, and they came down to nine, and so I countered at six, and they accepted. I was really, I was really surprised about that. I don't usually say pricing information. I'm not going to go back and delete it, but... So yes, stuff's still really expensive. Um, but but when I looked at it, I was like, okay, you're telling me the face of the franchise, his first autograph, there's less than 100 of these things. It's graded, by the way, across PSA and BGS, there's a total of nine of this card graded. Nine. The very first Harry Potter autograph, there's nine of them. Like, I'm like just sitting here going, this feels like it's almost free. Like this, this feels, and I, now I know I sound super pumpy, but like, I just, I just wanted the card. So anyway, I bought that one. Those are all the cards that I bought uh, singly. There's a few more that I bought in singles, but then along the way also I became, um, like, I've just gotten to know a lot of people in this, in, in, in this, um, Harry Potter art box world. One of the people who I got to know had a number of really high end um, cards on eBay and he had the prices like astronomically high but I made pretty solid offers on them and he messaged me back and said um, well actually I found him on Instagram I found him on Instagram because his name on Instagram was the same name as he had on eBay and I found him and it turned out he was already following my basketball card account the, the real 27 guy account so I um, so I got talking to him and he was like the only way I'm going to sell you my Harry Potter stuff is if you buy all of it and I said, all of it? He's like, yeah, I've got 26 graded cards. And he gave me a price for all 26. And I was like, wow, that is a lot of money. Um, it was almost as much money <laughs> as, as, that, uh, as that unicorn card that I wanted to buy. And I was like, wow, do I feel that strongly about this Harry Potter stuff? And I do. <laughs> yeah, I just do. I talked to my wife about it. And I sat there and I was like, what percentage of my collection do I have to sell? My basketball card collection. What percentage do I have to sell to be able to fund this? And it was a percentage that was manageable. right? It was less than five. It was about 3% of my basketball card collection is what I had to sell to be able to fund this, um, this awesome collection. He had, guys, he had so many awesome. He had, uh, he had seven... Emma Watson autographs. He had ten. Uh, he had ten Daniel Radcliffe, including another one of his very first autographs. So now I own two. I own two of the nine that had been graded by PSA or BGS. Um, two, uh, two of the original Hermione. So now I have three of the original Hermione autographs. They're, they're supposedly numbered to fifty or um, limited to fifty. The, the best cards of each of those first two sets, other than the triple autograph. Um, and I would actually say there may be the second and third best cards in the whole of the um, Harry Potter series. The other one that is in competition for that is another one that was in the collection, and that's the quad autograph jersey from, um, um, from the fourth movie, um, which, which is really awesome because it's the, it's the Triwizard Cup in that movie. And so you've got each of the four the four champions with a piece of their um, um, costume or wardrobe. Wardrobe's probably a better word than costume, as well as their autographs on the card. It's not serial numbered, but believed again to be about a hundred of them in, in existence. And so I got you know all that stuff plus a bunch of other um, nice autographs from the from the series. And and again, it was super expensive, but I had it delivered to my PWCC account. Um, we actually did this really cool thing with, through PWCC, um, an escrow thing, where PWCC takes um, a small percentage 
but the percentage, but but what they take, um, it's really nice because you're paying with PWCC funds and PWCC acts as an intermediary. So they received the cards, and you know he and I was able to to pay for them, and they were just like transferred into my vault. So you know I got um, you know I got basically everything that I want except for the triple, and then like two or three other cards that I will you know hopefully I will be able to find, but. Um, the other thing I want to say about my strategy, um, I kind of mentioned this, the earlier the better. Like 2012 Prism, 2003 Exquisite, 1986 Flare, um, 1996 Chrome. The first set is different. The first set holds a premium and always will. It's, it's meaningful. So like there's a lot of Hermione autographs. Actually, there's nine. There's not that many. <laughs> there's nine, and there's about 750 total. So there's not that many. But if you're going to get one, the best ones to get are the earlier ones. And the best one to get is the first one. The same thing with, with you know, with anything like this. Like, the earlier, the better. The serious autograph I got because it was from the first set. The Hermione from, because it was from the first set. The Harry because it was his first autograph. Um, I really want that triple autograph. I don't know if I can get it at this point. Who knows? It's probably too much. These cards are um, selling like crazy now. And I kind of don't know whether that's because I have just totally affected the market or because other people are in on it. But I think it's probably a combination of both. I think that... Um, you know, I, people say, well, what would cause that? Like, what would cause things to go crazy like that? Like, it's not like a sport. But if you think about it, most of what has caused basketball cards to, to, to go crazy over the course of the last couple of years, it's rarely been because of what's going on on the court, right? I guess th these movies, there was like a special on HBO earlier in the year, which, which is probably aided in this. But I just think, too, that like funny things happen along the way that drive interest. I mean, I'll give you an example. Tonight, there were the very first um, public auctions by a major auction house of big-time Harry Potter cards. The quad that I acquired uh, is one similar to mine, not in is quite a good a grade, but it sold for over 20 grand after the buyer's premium. And there was a, there was a Daniel Radcliffe that was a not like the first one, but like a really a nice copy. And it sold for like almost seven grand. And there was a nice Emma Watson, again, not her first one, but from another from another product that sold for almost six grand. And those were all really strong prices. That those auctions are important because it was the first time that we've seen cards from these sets sell at a major auction house. Those types of events matter and they drive interest. And um, and that is different than how we think about sports cards or how we have traditionally thought about them. When you don't know what something's worth, and this is what was hard about, about the Harry Potter stuff, it was hard to figure out what cards were worth. I had to, like, this is going to sound crazy, I had to comp a Harry Potter rookie autograph with things like an athlete's autograph because there's not, there's not good data out there. There's just, they're not sold as much. And so it's a thinly traded asset. It's hard to predict as far as like value and the number of people who are going to collect and things like that. But but I just, I looked at it all. I looked at, you know, this this idea that, that kids, um, I've done a lot of blabbering on this podcast. I apologize. I, I've, I've been a little bit all over the place, but, but this is one thing I want to make sure I get right. Kids grow up and they have more money to spend and they collect things that they like and um the kids who loved harry potter and they, they love the movies they are coming of age they will continue to come of age over the course of the next five or ten years and like we've seen with sports cards over the last few years and like we've seen with legos and like we've seen with he-Man, like we've seen with so many different things, when the kids grow up and there are rare 
and high quality collectibles for them, specifically cards, desirable cards, those things have a tendency to be the sort of things that you want to own through those periods. And they have a tendency to be more sought after. And so I looked at these cards and I thought, that is, that's what's going to happen here. And that's the head part of the, of the head and heart equation. My, um, my feeling is really strong on this. And, and so that's what has enabled me to like go out and go crazy on these things. Um, but again, it's not just about the money part of it. You don't want to just make an investment, especially because as I found through the years, when you buy something that you really like, those are the hard things to then sell when, it, when time comes to sell them. And, you know, I'm somebody who's watched cards appreciate really in an incredible way and haven't sold on some of those cards. And that has been both like a, a great benefit to me, but also something that hasn't provided me like cash flow, right? That's because when you collect with both your head and your heart, you get to a point where you're like, well, I've made money, but I'd have to sell this. It's also a smart reason why you can collect duplicates. Because if once the thing in, in, um, increases in value, you can sell some of them and you know make some money, but then you can also keep them. That's why it's good that I have two of the Harry Potter first card <laughs> and three of the Hermione first card. But um, I am... Um, I know I've been all over the, the place in this podcast. I'm definitely rusty. It's been a few months and I'm super tired because now it's almost one o'clock in the morning. But um, I just want to share with you guys a little bit about that, the Harry Potter things and sort of memorialize it so I can look back at it as the years go by. Um, I'm like, I'm. you guys can tell, I'm totally like excited about it. Um, and, and it's fun to learn about something new. And... Uh, if you know anybody out there who has that triple autograph, <laughs> let them know that I'd love to buy it and I would love to get you a finder's fee in the process. I would love that. Um, if you have any thoughts or any questions, feel free re to reach out to me at the Real 27 Guy. Oh, also, you can follow my new Harry Potter account, which is um, 27 Guy underscore um, Harry Potter. Please do that. Um, Last thing I want to say is before I go is that um, the reminder order uh, if you're if you're planning on ordering BCF order by this Sunday it's as little as ten dollars a month and um, would love to be able to get you your print copy but you have to order by this Sunday for you to get your print copy for March which will arrive around the tenth of March. I want to thank uh, Ryan Johnson Card Collector Two. Um, for being the big interview this this issue can't remember if i said that earlier on but he's fantastic um i want to thank all of our writers all of our subscribers all of our sponsors all the people who make who make the magazine happen and um i want to thank you for downloading this uh this podcast today i'll try to make it not three months next time uh or in, in between podcasts um, and until next time happy collecting Thank you.